Welcome to Can't Stop, Won't Stop. I'm your host, Lindsay Ann. In 2017, my sister-in-law, Egypt Covington, was murdered, and the local good old boys pinned it on her ex-boyfriend for three and a half years, claiming to need just one more piece of evidence. After protests, emails, phone calls, and fighting for a year and a half, this small town department finally gave her case to the state police. And within one week, they knew who one of Egypt's alleged killers was. And we now have three cowards sitting in Wayne County Jail awaiting trials. None of them are her ex-boyfriend. We can't stop and we won't stop helping more families seek the justice they deserve. And we won't stop being warriors, exposing the corruption happening throughout this nation. Let's do this! So every case that I cover, I pride myself in speaking with at least a family member of the victim, to confirm that I have proof to back up every single thing that I say. But this week, I did not do that. This week, I'm going off of news coverage and articles. Today's episode is extremely raw for me, and it hit both me and Dee pretty hard. Take a listen. People now dead, a husband and wife and the man who pulled the trigger. Redmond police say the wife ran a podcast, and that's how her alleged stalker knew her. We may never know why somebody would do this. On a quiet residential street in Redmond, gunfire erupts overnight. Three people now dead after a potential stalker breaks into this home. They said that he was stalking her, so there has certainly been a history. Redmond police say the shooter is a 38-year-old truck driver from Texas. He had a no-contact order filed against him from the woman living here. This is just a tragedy, tragic situation that we don't often see that in Redmond. Her mom was the one who called 911. She managed to escape and run for help. He had an altercation with the mother. Uh, Sounds like he shoved her, and then she was able to escape to the neighbors. Her 35-year-old husband, shot in the chest, found dead on the front lawn. This is just a really unfortunate event that happened, and I'm... Not sure what could make someone do that, to be honest. As for the extent of the relationship between the suspect and the wife, police say it started after he discovered her podcast. We don't know if they ever met in person, but Redmond police say this is a good reminder that you never know who you're connecting with online. In Redmond, Hannah Knowles, Como News. So we do now know that the killer and the podcaster did in fact meet in person months before the murders occurred. On Friday, March 10, 2023, just seven days prior to this recording, 33-year-old Zore and 35-year-old Mohammed were found shot and deceased in their Redmond, Washington home, about 15 miles northeast of Seattle. According to her LinkedIn, Zore was a software engineer and a graduate at the University of Washington, Tacoma. And according to his blog, Mohammed had been working at Amazon since January 2022, and the two were married in 2011. Redmond Police Chief noted that the alleged shooter, 38-year-old Ramin, was also found dead at the home with what appeared to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound. 
Zoray was contacted by Ramin in late 2021 after he listened to a podcast she hosted focusing on the Farsi-speaking programmers in the United States. Farsi is a form of Persian language, which is most commonly used in Iran. The two became friends via the social app Clubhouse, and they did meet in person in the summer of 2022. That's when things started to escalate. According to the police chief, Ramin began contacting Zore more than a hundred times in a single day and had threatened to show up at her home. Zore first contacted the police in December 2022 before she unsuccessfully cut off contact with Ramin. And she later contacted police again in January 2023 after his actions intensified greatly. Her protective order stated in part, quote, He hired a jazz band to play outside my house for two hours, but later canceled it. Ramin's messages to me have been the cause of anxiety and insomnia for me. They include him crying and begging for me to pick up, him threatening to burn himself and the tree in front of my house, also telling me to either delete my Instagram account or make it public so he could see the content I posted. Ramin has bursts of anger and is completely delusional. These delusions make me fear for my life and the lives of my loved ones. Ramin has contacted my husband and continues to do so, sending him more than 20 messages every day. He has been calling my husband constantly. He has also called my friends and has acquired their addresses and phone numbers without their knowledge or permission. It should also be noted that I have at no point shared my or my husband's contact information, address, or any other personally identifiable information with Ramin. Ramin has also come to my neighborhood several times, staying at inns around my neighborhood, and has parked down my street in hopes of seeing me. Ramin has a history of domestic violence involving his ex-wife, and he has mentioned not being afraid to break the laws. All this has caused me great distress and pain, and now I am suffering from a deep-seated fear for my safety. It has been, it has had a toll on my recovery, and my ability to rest or step outside my house without fear and anxiety. I haven't been able to open the curtains in my bedroom out of fear of him being outside watching me. He has threatened me implicitly by sharing information about my family in my home country and has implied several times that he has connections of nefarious nature there. Ramin's actions has caused a huge strain on my mental and physical well-being. Ramin shows no indication that he will stop his frightening and dangerous behavior after one year. He has said many times that nothing short of his own death would make him leave me alone. So I would like the order to last as long as possible. End quote. And according to BuzzFeed News, 
Ramin told Zoray's husband Mohammed that he had installed an app on his phone that he had been recording Zoray. She stated, quote, He sent an edited snippet of the recording. I was not in an emotional state to listen to it, but I feel very violated that he has been recording me without my consent, end quote. In the early morning hours of Friday, March 10, 2023, it is reported that Ramin broke into their home through a bedroom window, had an altercation with Zoray's mother, whom was living with them at the time. Her mother was able to escape to the neighbor's house and call 911. Upon arrival, Mohammed, Zoray, and Ramin were all found deceased by law enforcement. Police said that they tried to serve the protective order on Ramin, but they had difficulties locating him. In an article written by Nadine El-Bawab, the police chief stated, quote, Police were in the process of trying to find Ramin, a long-haul truck driver believed to have been from Texas, and arrest him to serve a petition for protection order. It was difficult to pinpoint his location because his employment kept him moving between states, end quote. Difficult to pinpoint his location because his employment kept him moving between states? This is when I start wondering truly how hard police were trying to find Ramin's whereabouts. I wonder how much contact the police had with his employer. It seems to me that his employer would know where Ramin was or at least where he was headed. How hard did they try to locate this alleged stalker and predator? Did they track his license plate and try to scan it? Did Ramin have a cell phone that they could have tracked? Did they track his cell phone? What did the police actually do to try to locate Ramin? I get it, you guys. The stalking statistics are outrageous, and it would be impossible to go full force on every accusation made and reported. However, Zore provided enough proof to warrant an arrest for Ramin's alleged stalking and harassment charges. That means the police knew he was a threat. King County District Court records show that Ramin was charged with one count misdemeanor stalking and two counts of telephone harassment on March 2nd, 2023. The same day, a bench warrant was issued for his arrest. And just one day later, on March 3rd, 2023, a judge granted a temporary protection order against Ramin and set a hearing for a full order. According to this NBC News article, Ramin was not present at the hearing and was ordered to surrender his weapons. Redmond Police Chief was quoted stating, A restraining order is simply a piece of paper that allows officers to take enforcement action should a suspect violate the court order. But a piece of paper does not protect a person when someone is intent to causing them harm. You guys, Zoray and Mohammed did everything right. 
They took every legal precautionary step to protect themselves. What went wrong here? Were the threats not taken serious enough? Did the local department do just enough to cover their asses in case Ramin followed through on his threats? In 2021, about 3.4 million people ages 16 or older were victims of stalking, according to the Bureau of Justice. And an estimated 67% of both traditional stalking and stalking with technology were fearful of being killed or physically harmed. D and I give our sincere condolences to the families of Zore, Mohammed, and Rami. This shit is real. Stalking and harassment is scary. This story hit me and Dwayne really hard. We have been threatened and harassed by many people. And I know many other podcasters who have received threats as well. 67% of stalking victims know their stalker. Just recently, we had a local community member post on social media that she will go right to our house and get what she wants. Do I really believe this will happen? No. But we have children, three of them, in this house. And I have never met this person, so I don't know what she's capable of doing. We've had a community member post on social media that if he sees me and D, he will, quote, make us bloody, end quote. We've had Egypt's alleged killer's family members and friends threaten us. I'm telling you this because I know there are a lot of people who have been stalked and or harassed at some time. Most of the time, we think the threats are just that, threats. However, Zore and Mohammed's murders have sparked many conversations and have helped us reevaluate our own safety measures. I cannot imagine the heartache and pain these families are experiencing, as well as the thousands of questions that must be circling their minds. This family deserves answers. Please join our Patreon at patreon.com backslash can't stop, won't stop, where you can join our weekly lives and Q&A sessions. It'll cost you a minimum of $3 a month and your money goes towards helping grieving families. We do not charge families anything for our time and help. In order to continue our passion, we need your help to support our donations to families. Headstones for deceased loved ones, FOIA requests for loved ones, hotel and travel costs for us to meet grieving families, and so much more. Again, that's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash can't stop, won't stop.
We appreciate you. I can't stop and I won't stop being a warrior for justice. Too many people are afraid to speak up and tell their truth. I'm here to give you the confidence to use your voice and share your story. Our voices matter. Your voice matters. Use our First Amendment right and speak up. That's how we create change. Go against the grain. Be brave. Take a risk. Stand tall. Be a warrior and fight for justice. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give me a five-star review. This will help bring awareness to the many families fighting and seeking the justice they deserve. And if you don't like that I'm helping families, then just stay away. Mean people suck. And for almost daily updates, please follow me on TikTok at MyLindsayAnn. I'm also on Instagram at MyLindsayAnn and on Facebook at Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Thank you again to Mr. Peace for allowing me the rights to use the song, Where'd You Go? featuring our beloved Egypt Covington. You know, I don't know why so much pain and loss has to happen. I don't have all the answers. Only he does. And sometimes the best thing to do is is just trust it. It was back in 04 when Grandpa died and my shirt was soaking wet with tears from my eyes. You tried to calm me down, tried to plead your case, but I just bit that face right back in your face. And you said, well, you may not understand now. Somehow, someday, some way, you'll find out why it had to be. Yeah, according to his plan, he won't put you through anything that he thinks you can't make it through. With his everlasting love, you may need to scream at the top of your lungs. Because while you think he died at too young an age, it really was his time. There's no reason for rage. He's in a better place now, away from the pain and the stress and the hate and the hurt and the strain. The best way to honor him and his legacy is to live how he did and not question it.